0: This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. So pray for the word, about to bring the word. Father, we thank you that we have an opportunity to partner with you. God, you are on mission across this globe to reach people for your name's sake, to rescue people from death. Rescue people from sin and give them an eternal life. An inheritance that will never never fade, spoil, or perish. We thank you for that. And Father, we want to thank you for the Sarah Lee Memorial Project. Father, we ask that money will be raised to support this next project with women who are struggling with addiction, who are struggling with alcohol and drugs and no doubt difficult homes. And Father, we pray we'll raise the money for that. We thank you for what Melissa's doing with with the Down Syndrome Association in New South Wales. That's also a wonderful thing. So Father, we pray um, that your hand will be all over it. We thank you for what you're doing. And Father, as we come to your word now, we pray that you would speak to us. You'll open our hearts, that you would bring transformation to our lives, that you would give us encouragement, that you give us a push where we need to be pushed. And Father, anoint me for this task to preach your word. Give me all that I need. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Are you ready for the word this morning? Yeah. For those online, I'm going to get you to write something in the, in the chat box, so get ready for that. One of my heroes is this guy here, a guy named, who knows who that is? Who is it? John Maxwell. John Maxwell. Yeah, it's one of my heroes. John Maxwell's an American guy. He was, he's a Christian. He, he, he ran a large church, as, he was the pastor of a large church in the US for many years. And then he started teaching on leadership, and he's, and he's changed the direction of his life, and now he talks about leadership. And, 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 the, and where he gets his leadership lessons from is Jesus. People ask him, where did you come up with all, all these ideas? And he says, you don't want to know. And, and that makes them more of an appetite to know where it's from. And he, and he says, you don't want to know. You know, we, we, are, we want to know. Where did you get all this information from? No, you don't want to know. No, I really do want to know. Let's tell you. And he goes, I get everything from Jesus in the Bible. And they went, oh, Really? He's a full-on Christian. They believe he's written 25 million books. He's been a New York Times bestseller. And this guy's had a huge influence on my life from a distance. I've uh, read his books. We use his books in our school of leadership that we have at LifeGate Church. And he's had a big influence on my life from a distance. Well, a few years ago, I got to meet him up close and personal. Nothing to do with what I did, but my brother-in-law, Sam Riley, runs a business where they have his, the uh, John Maxwell um, team come and coach his, his business. And John was speaking at Hillsong Conference, and I was there, and Sam got invited to meet John because he was one of the first businesses in Australia to use the John Ma- Maxwell company for mentoring, and they said, would you like to meet John Maxwell? I was like, come on. So he spoke this incredible message on evangelism, and he went up to one of the green rooms, and I got to meet him. It was a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool thing. When I met him, he goes, "Hi, I'm John Maxwell." And he's got this bit like that. He's got his big hand, and he shook my hand with like, like starry eyes. Oh wow, how cool is this? And um, I didn't get to ask him any questions because he was there for Sam. But he talked to Sam for a bit, and I got to listen. It was a pretty wonderful experience where I saw one of my heroes up close and personal. How about your heroes? Have you had an opportunity to meet one of your heroes? Someone that you look up to? Someone that you think's great? Who have you met? Turn to the person next to you. Tell the person next to you who you met who's one of your heroes. And if you're watching online, put it in the chat box. We want to know who you've met who's one of your heroes. Do that now. Go. 30 seconds. All righty. Yell out your answer. Those in the chat box, I hope you put some people in the chat box there. But those in the room, those in the room, um, who have you met? Yell out your answers. Who have you met? Nathan Green. Did anyone say Nathan Green? Nathan Green. No one said Nathan Green. That was just me. Oh, my mum. Happy Mother's Day, mum. Mum said me. Kerry. Oh, Colin said... Oh, that's just brown nosing now. Thanks, Colin. Someone else. Who have you met? Nobody. Paul Gallen. Yes. NRL player for the Cronulla Sharks. Kathy Riley. Princess Margaret from the royal family. Wow. over here? Uh, Mary, church, um, years ago. Mary at church. She was role model. Wow, she was a role model for you. That's beautiful. Someone else? Anyone say their mum? Mum on Mother's Day, someone you look up to. You know, these are uh, people. Carrie, is that a, is that, De- Deb, is that a hand? Mom. Your mum. That's beautiful. Yeah, do Who do I? Oh, I've talked about John Maxwell. And you, mum, I look up to you. You're wonderful as well. Yeah, you know these these people we look up to these sporting heroes, these celebrities, these royal family. Usually we uh, have them from a distance. Yeah, we see them from a distance. We see what the newspaper writes about them or social media says about them. And then occasionally we have we, we have the opportunity to meet them up close and personal, where they're actually in our space, where we get to shake their hand, we get them to sign our sign the back of our t-shirt, where we get to meet them up close and personal. And I share that story is because um, the, the ultimate celebrity, the, the, the ultimate person that people look up to was, was, was far away and then came, came very near. And I'm talking about God, the God of the Bible. You know, for the Jewish people in, in the Old Testament, the our God of the Bible was the God from a distance. Now, he had some interactions with some people like Moses, And some of the kings and some other prophets. But for most of the people, God was the God who they didn't have access to. They had to access him through a priest. Or they'd hear what this God had to say through a prophet. He was the God who was far away. But in the birth of Jesus, this God who was far away came very close to us. God the Son, Jesus Christ, came close, came up close and personal to us. God is no longer far is near because of Jesus Christ, and you, and now as New Testament believers, we have his spirit in us, so God is here with us now, if you're a believer this morning. I've been reading um, through my quiet times, the Gospels, we're going to do a series after May Mission Month entitled Encountering Jesus, so I'm reading through the Gospels, and I'm saying, God, what do you want to speak to me about, about this series that's coming up, not just for the church, but for me? And as I was reading through the beginnings of the book of John, I read John first, and then I've gone back to Matthew. And as I read the beginning of John, and as I read the beginning of Matthew, I saw these. These are really interesting, these really interesting verses that speak very clearly about God coming near to us. Let me take you to Matthew chapter one. Matthew chapter one, Matthew's writing to the Jews, and he starts with the, our genealogy. Abraham is descendant, 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 David, descendant, 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 and you end up with Jesus. And that's important because he starts by saying this Jesus is a descendant of Abraham and a descendant of David. Had to be if he was going to be the Messiah. And then we have the birth narrative where Joseph and Mary are engaged. And then Joseph finds out she's pregnant. And Joseph's a good guy, so he wants to separate quietly. But then an angel turns up and says, it's okay, marry her. Call the child Jesus because he's going to save people from their sins. And then the angel goes on to say this from Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The God who was far, who was a celebrity that they used to see through the prophets. For us, it was through social media. It was through what the news told about it. This God came, came near. He came close. God dwelt with people. We see a similar thing in the book of John. In John chapter 1, Jesus is described as the Word. He says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then this, this, this description of Jesus as the Word gets used a few verses later in verse 14. The, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God... God the Son, who is God, who was with God in the beginning, who created all things, has put on flesh and made his dwelling among us. It says, we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. This God put on flesh and made his dwelling among us. Bible Bible scholars call this the, the incarnation, incarnation where God becomes man and becomes close to us. And and then the scholars say, not only did our God come close to us, but that's the model that God has, well, one of the models that, that God has shown us in order for us to present the message of Jesus to the world. They call it incarnational mission, that we as believers aren't at a distance, but rather we get up close and personal with people. Get in their lives, build relationships, get to know them, and share the message of Jesus with them. It's called incarnational mission. We're in our May mission month, and, today, and, and, and today's message is entitled "Mission Up Close and Personal." Mission from a distance is okay. Where we've heard from Karen Pretorius today around the Sarah Lee Memorial Project, and us giving money. To our May Mission Month appeal to raise that money, that money goes to the sharing of the gospel in all different places. And that's like us um, presenting the gospel from a distance. And that's totally appropriate. And, and, and we should do that, yeah? But I want to speak to you specifically about mission up close and personal, where we, as Christians, are deliberate in sharing this message of Jesus, not from a distance, which is okay to do, but up close and personal in people's lives, where we get to know people, we eat with them, we share our lives with them, and we share the message of Jesus with them. Now, if you've been a Christian for some time, you will know that it's God's desire for you to share your faith. You will know that. And if you're a brand new Christian and you're watching online and Christianity is new to you, well, God wants you to share what God has done in your life with others, yeah? Yeah. But there can be a big gap between what God wants us to do and us, actually do and us actually doing it, particularly when it's super scary. Particularly when God wants us to do something where it's like, you want me to do what? Um, I don't feel equipped. I don't think I got the, the, the right resource. I don't think I got the right words. I haven't got the time I got. And you want me to do what? There can be a big gap between what God wants us to do and us stepping out, particularly if it's scary and this idea of, Sharing our faith sharing our faith can be super scary. So what I want to do today is, I want to look at three things that, that our Jesus did for him to do mission up close and personal, And I grab those principles and apply them to our lives so that we can learn from Jesus about how we can do mission up close and personal, how we can share our faith with Jesus with those we care about, love about the people in our world. I want to do three things, three steps to mission, up close and personal. The first is this: these are these are things we're going to look at today. The things that Jesus did, the things that we need to do. Number one is identify our community. Two, become a part of their lives, and three, share the message. They're the three things we're going to break this thing for the rest of our time. We're going to look at each one of these things. Number one, identify your community. The, um, I want to take you back to John chapter one, and in this text, it talks about Jesus as the Word, as the Life Giver, and then it talks about Jesus coming to those who were His own. Let's look at the scripture. John chapter one: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was with and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made; without Him, nothing was made that's been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now we're going to jump down to verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This is about Jesus. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He He came to that which was his own. But his own did not receive him. And then in verse 12, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right. In this passage, Jesus described as the word, as the life giver, as the, as the light, and, and, and this God who is the creator of all things has, has come into the world. And it says in verse 11, He came to that which was his own. His own didn't receive him, yet, to all so some did receive him and some didn't receive him. But the principle I want us to look at is the beginning of verse 11 where it says, He came to that which was his own. And so the question I have for you today is who is your own? Who is your community? Who are the people that, that, are, that, that are God has placed around you? So you as one person can only do a small thing. You cannot reach the world, but you can reach some. Who who are the people that you work with? I want you to think about them. Who are the people that you go to university with? Who are the ones you play soccer with, football with? Who are the ones you go to dressing up events? I went to a, a Jedi wedding, a, a Jedi wedding um, a couple of weeks ago. And they have people that, that, that are dressed up specifically as Jedi's and in Star Wars outfit, right? Star Wars gear. And they, and, and they have these hangouts. Who are the people that you hang out with other Star Wars people or chess clubs or where do you hang out? Who do you hang out with? Now, we, we can often think about those people as, as uh, those people I, I play soccer with, or those people I work with, or, or, or those people I dress up as Star Wars with, right? You, you might think of it that way. But I want to challenge you today on your thinking. And, and I want you to tweak your thinking to think rather than, rather than these are the people I work with to this. These are, this is my community. These are my own, the people I work with. These are the ones that Jesus has put in my life that I may reach them with the message of the gospel. It's easy to see people, they're the ones I work with, they're the ones I do sport with, they're the ones I do hobbies with. These are my family even. These are my family. But but, but what if we saw them? These are the people that God wants me to reach with the message of Jesus. God has put me specifically in that place to shine his light. There's a mindset shift, isn't there? It's a shifting mindset. So who is your community? Who is your community? That's number one for today. The second thing we're going to look at is become a part of their lives. Don't just see them as the people that God's called you to reach and preach at them. But before you do that, get to know them. Spend time with them. When you're doing lunch, do lunch with them. When you have parties, invite them to your parties. Include them in your life. When we look at the life of Jesus... And as I've been reading through my quiet times, we see Jesus continually with people. And it's not just with those that are chosen to follow him. It's those who are outside that group. Check this scripture out in Matthew chapter 9. In Matthew 9, Jesus has just called um, Matthew the tax collector to to come and follow him. And Matthew leaves the tax collecting and puts a big party on. Look what it says. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many co- tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. Tax collectors, Matthew, they were, they were, um, people didn't like them, the Jews didn't like them, because they were collecting, they were collecting money for the, the, the Romans, and they were usually keeping some, charging people more than they should. The sinners are those most likely in um, sexual um, prostitution, that sort of stuff. And Jesus not just preached at them, not just preached to them, but he ate with them. And when you eat with people, what do you do? You talk. And when you, but you also listen. So Jesus is listening to their stories. He's getting to know them. And then we're going to find out the next thing he does he shares a message. But the point I want to make is that Jesus spent time with people. We're told in uh, Luke 4 that um, Jesus goes to his own synagogue. Jesus had a community that he spent time with. The community knew his mother and knew his brothers. They knew him. In uh, John chapter 1, I think it is, where Jesus goes to his first miracle. And he turns the water into wine. He's at a party. He's at a banquet. He's at a, it's a wedding feast. He had a hometown He he stayed in people's houses? He was in the community in which God wanted him to live. So, how are you how are you a part of your community's lives? The people that you work with, play sport with, do hobbies with? Do you do you get involved in their lives or do you keep them at arm's length? Do they know you as a Christian who's far away? Or do they know you as a Christian who's up close and personal? You know, as as when someone becomes a Christian, um, something amazing happens in their lives. God has become real to them. They get excited about their faith, and the most natural thing to do when you're excited about something is to find people who are also excited about what you're excited about. I remember when I was 17 and got serious about Jesus, I had a whole, heap of, a, whole, a whole bunch of unsaved friends, and I used to hang out with them at school, and we used to do the party thing, and I played soccer with them. But as soon as I got saved, there was this shift in me where I wanted to spend less time with them, and I wanted to spend more time with people who also had what I had, who had the same Jesus experience that I had. And so I spent less and less time with my unsaved friends and more and more time with Christian friends. Now that makes sense, doesn't it? But the danger is when you get excited about Jesus, you spend less and less and less and less time with people who don't know him, and more and more and more time with believers. Now, do we need to spend time with believers? Absolutely. The Bible says in um, Hebrews chapter 10, 25, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But, but, but gather together that you may encourage one another, encourage one another as, you, as we see the day approaching. So we need to gather together for encouragement, and we hang out in life groups, and we get involved in making a difference at church, serving in different areas, which is good and builds community. But the danger is we get unbalanced, that we spend all our time with Christians, and we are out of the world. We haven't got the relationships with unbelievers anymore. And if God has called us as a church to share the message of Jesus and all our relationships to Christians, who are we going to share it with? Now, Andrew's speaking at Preston's today and he's going to be speaking here next week and online you'll see Andrew's message. He's talking about, and Alpha is talking about, now is the most incredible time to share the gospel in all of history. Why? Because of the internet and social media. It is so easy for you to post the message of Jesus, and you can do that many ways through photos, through sharing the videos that we've had today by um, when we upload our stuff, when you hear a message at church that you go, that will be really good for that person, share it with them. And it's simple and easy, but you need to have people in your world, you need to have a community that you care about, that you know that you can share with, I remember being at a conference years ago and, and a pastor speaking and he, and he was speaking about this idea that when someone becomes a Christian, they, 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 they move further and further and further away from unbelievers. Why? It's, it's not intentional. It's not like they don't like them anymore. It's because they found something exciting and they want to talk about it and they want to celebrate it and it's natural to celebrate it and talk about it with people who also value it. And he says, and, and this pastor said... And pastors, you're the worst. Not only are all your Christians friends, you're paid money to hang out with Christians. So pastors, you need to set the example and be more deliberate. And this guy played soccer, and, so I, and it's never left me. So the last five years, I've coached a local soccer team, my son Aiden's soccer team, and Joel's my other son's team last year. We won the comp last year, and these, these boys, who the, who the vast majority of them from an Islamic background... I've got a Christian pastor as their coach, and I don't swear at them. I don't beat them up. I don't put them down. I speak life over them. I tell them what they're doing wrong, definitely, but also speak life over them. And I've met families and parents because I want to be a person who is in the world, not of the world, but in the world, and able to share the message of Jesus. So here were the communities. First thing was identify. Who are the people that I've got in my world? The second thing is how are you a part of their lives? Do you eat lunch with those you work with? And you talk about normal stuff in life. Do you share your story with them? Your soccer team, do you only see them at soccer? Do you have talks about life? Do you see them outside of that? Your university friends, do you have, is it just university conversation? Or do you have opportunity to share the love of Jesus with them, build a relationship, hang out with them? Identify, be in the community. last point is this, share the message. And when I say share the message, it's not just the message in words, it's also the message in actions. Look at this verse in Matthew chapter 4, I love it, this is our last text for today. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. It's a beautiful scripture because it's such. it just grabs a hold of what Jesus was about. See, Jesus shared the message of the kingdom in multiple ways. Now, the message of the kingdom, it says, it doesn't use the word gospel. Gospel's like a poor word, the good news. Jesus talked about the kingdom. And the idea of the kingdom, that our God's king, Jesus has come, and he's setting up a kingdom. And it's a spiritual kingdom now. It'll be physical later. And if you want to enter this kingdom, you enter it by putting your belief in his son, the king. You put your trust in Jesus, and that is how you enter the kingdom, and Jesus spoke about that. And people's sin was dealt with by Jesus' future death. Jesus forgave sin because of what he was about to do, and it's through his resurrection, he gives new life. That is the way to enter the kingdom. But that's not the only thing Jesus talked about if you read the Gospels. Jesus, I read it yesterday from Matthew chapter 13, that's from up to when Jesus talked about the kingdom as a pearl or a treasure that's hidden in a field. It's so incredible and it's so great. And then he tells us in the Sermon on the Mount of what it looks like to live within the kingdom, that we're forgiving and we're loving, and that we don't look lustfully at people. Forget the adultery thing, it's about lusting, and don't get angry with your brother. Forgive, release. He talked about not only how to enter the kingdom, he also talked about how to live with the kingdom, and then he also demonstrated the kingdom in healing every sickness and disease among the people. He, 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 he prayed for them. He declared healing. But he also hung out with people. And in John 8, that, that woman called an adultery, he says, go and leave your life of sin. Go and leave your life of sin. Incredible releasing and freeing and no condemnation. And It's a beautiful message that Jesus brought. And for us as believers, there's a picture for us. It's, it's sharing that, that uh, Jesus is God's king. And that he's come to earth to rescue humanity through his death and resurrection. And we enter his kingdom by putting, his, by putting our trust in Jesus. But then we also demonstrate the kingdom by living the way of the king. By loving. By forgiving. By showing mercy. By giving generously. By giving to May Mission Month. By, using, by, by, by giving our tithe to God's local church. Shining the light of Jesus. And then... Healing, praying for the sick, praying for breakthrough, get along, getting alongside those who are struggling, and seeing the kingdom come. So, as we come to the end of this message today, three steps in mission: the first one is identify your community; the second part is become a part of their lives; the third part is share the message. I want to I want want to give you thirty seconds as we come to the close, and I'll ask Amelia to put some music on for us, just to pray and reflect. Because God wants you to share the message of Jesus. It can be scary. You can feel ill-equipped, but here's three things that Jesus did. He came to a community, he became part of their lives, and he shared the message of the kingdom, not just with words, but with action. And that's a model for us as we talk about our main mission month. So as you reflect, as you pray, say, God, what do I need to do? Do I need to identify? Maybe that's your first step. Maybe you have identified. So how are you spending time with them, your neighbors in your street, the people in the workplace, the people you dress up with, Star Wars, the people you do chess with, hobbies with, whatever it is for you, how are you spending time in their lives? And finally, how are you sharing the message of Jesus, words and actions? Take three things, reflect. Do that now. Take 30 seconds. Maybe you're here today and you've heard this message about sharing your faith, but you've never actually accepted the message of Jesus. For those watching online, for those in the room, if you, if you want Jesus as your King, if you want to accept Him as your Lord and Savior, if you believe that He died, died on the cross and rose again to forgive you for your wrongdoing, commit your life to Him. Commit your life to Him today. Let's pray. Let's pray a prayer of commitment, commitment to Jesus. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer for the first time, you've become a Christian. If you're watching this online, let us know by um, by clicking on the links, by putting a comment in the tab. Click on the prayer tab and we'll help you with that. But if you're here in the room, come and talk to me, the prayer team, the Start Here Desk. We want to help you in the journey. You know, I want to pray for you just before, you, um, before everyone leaves around this sharing Jesus thing. I want to pray around these steps that will be deliberate about, about identifying, that will be deliberate about becoming part of people's lives, and will be deliberate about sharing the message. Will you pray with me? Father, may we be deliberate. Father, we know that you want us to share our faith. Father, may we be deliberate. Help us to see the people that we're around as people that you want us to shine the light of Jesus with, that we would invest in their lives, we'll get to know them, that we'll love them, and we'll share this message with words and with actions. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being part of it. Be released. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers.